Well, thank you so much for tuning in to The Remnant. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado. It is Sunday service on this second day of January 2022. I pray you all had a blessed New Year's Eve. And uh, I pray that you got to spend some good time with loved ones, family, and friends. And even though the last year has been intense, the last couple of years, right, have been pretty intense, we've been strengthened in our faith. And this community online is the most beautiful, amazing community. God is connecting us all around the world. He's raising up a rising remnant. And in 2022, the sky is the limit. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to see the Lord move in ways that we have never seen before in our life. I already am seeing it. There's an increase in miracles, signs, and wonders. We are seeing God move in ways that we have never seen him before move in the ministry. And so I know that the world is going crazy and we can get super discouraged, but I want to encourage you today that something has shifted. Something is happening. It is big. People are waking up in the droves. I've never seen anything like this. And I'm encouraged because I know this is what it's going to take for us to take back the territory. And so let me pray over this service today. We just want to welcome in the Holy Spirit. Before I do that, let me give a couple of announcements. So I'm still planning on going out to Phoenix this month, and I'll be there mid-month. I'm also going to be in South Carolina early next month, and I'll give you some more details of that coming soon. Um, I'm going to be down in Florida in uh, an area called Park City, and that's going to be in just a few days for an event called The Renewal. And so I'll give you more details on that on the social media pages. Um, But God is moving. It's a busy month. But let me just tell you this too. The next couple of days, and the reason why the service isn't streaming live today is because I'm going to go spend some time with my family. Um, It's very important. You know, obviously my relationship with God is the most important thing. But the second most important thing and the most important ministry that this pastor has is his family. And I know you guys understand that. And so I want to pour into them and just be present, spend some good time with them the next couple of days. So, uh, you know, I'm just prioritizing. And this last year has been like a whirlwind. We never would have ever expected things to turn out the way that they did. But God is moving. And I'm just telling you guys, something special is happening. And I feel it. As we go into 2022, I feel it. Something is shifting. You may have been through the most craziest year of your life this last year. And you might still be in the middle of that valley experience. But I want to speak life over you today. And this message today, I believe, is going to encourage you. It's about the covenant. The message is called Taking Hold of the New Covenant. And we're going to talk about that just a few minutes after we pray. But before we do that, uh, we do have to fund the operation here. We have to fund the ministry. And uh, we are definitely seeing much fruit from what God is doing here at the ministry. And I want to thank you. We are fully supported by you. And so thank you to those that are pouring in. I can't even tell you how many miracles, how many people are writing us with breakthroughs, family breakthroughs, marriage breakthroughs, healings. Um, I mean, literally, I'm sitting here at my desk right now, and there's just stacks of letters. And I sit here and read them all, by the way. And so I just want you to know God is moving in a major way. So wherever you're listening from today, just be encouraged that prayers are being answered. God hears your prayers. If he hasn't answered your prayer yet, he's going to get around to that in his perfect timing, and it's going to blow your mind what he does. Okay? He's going to do something very powerful. You say, well, 
you know, what, what if the person that I'm praying for that has a terminal disease, what if they die? How is God doing something in that? His ways are not our ways, ladies and gentlemen. His ways are not our ways. But whatever he does, whatever he allows to take place, he's going to use it for his glory. And remember, we're just passing through in this world. We are going to spend eternity ruling and reigning with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if you've lost a loved one, a child, a spouse, and it's that's one of the hardest things in this world because we miss them. And, and you know, trust me, I understand how that is. I've lost many people that are close to me. And some were very unexpected. Even recently, one of my best friends just passed away. But I know that I'm going to see him again in glory. And so put your head up today. Even though you've been through some challenges in your life, God's hand and his favor is with you. And for whatever reason, he allowed you to live. And so don't waste the time that he's given you on this earth. You have a legacy. What kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? in this earth. So God wants to to use you. It's not a mistake that you're alive right now. It's not a mistake that I'm alive. We are end time warriors. We talk about remnant warriors. We're end time remnant warriors, okay? He's anointed you to be able to, and you say, well, I don't even go out. I'm, you know, I'm elderly. What are you talking about? No, God is not done with your life. If you're alive right now and you're able to listen to this broadcast, God wants to use you and he's going to use you. And what we do is we show up and we say, yes, Lord. We say, send me, I'll go. And that's it. And that's what we have to do. We, we are present. Just like I need to be present with my family. We are present. We show up. We get off the sideline and we get in the game. Because God has a mission for us. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And we have to embrace this. So today we're going to be talking about taking hold of the new covenant. Before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity to sow into this new year. I want you to just think about this. You're literally laying the groundwork for 2022 financially. And the Bible says, you know, bring the tithes in the storehouse. He, he tells us to bring 10%. That's his money. And if everyone on this broadcast would do that, not only would we be able to do so much more at this ministry, but you would be blessed. And I don't talk about tithing too much because I know a lot of people have really abused this. But we have a pretty substantial audience here. And if this is your church and you're not tithing, you're actually withholding yourself from a blessing. Last night, my wife and I wrote a pretty big checkout. And I was a little bit nervous uh, writing the checkout. But it was New Year's Eve and the Lord told me to write this checkout. And uh, it was a substantial amount, I'll tell you that. But we wanted to go into this year sowing a good seed. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that before we get into the message today. And I'm telling you, this message is going to be very impactful. It really impacted me in studying this. And I believe it's going to really set a great tone for 2022. But if you're able to give, please go to toddcoconado.com slash give, toddcoconado.com slash give. And it give you several different ways that you can tie it to this ministry. And we want to pray over you right now. So Lord, we just thank you for the gift and the giver and each person that's tithing and bringing the tithes to the storehouse today. And I pray that you would bless them, that this would be a firm foundation for 2022. And Lord God, that there would not be a lack in their life, Lord God. If there's been financial lack, I pray that, Lord, that lack would be done. We know that you're going to be transferring the wealth from the wicked to the remnant. That's the word of the Lord. And we believe that. That's your word, Lord. You said that through the prophets. And we receive that. And so, Lord, today, I pray that if anybody on here has had a lack in the financial area, that as they sow this seed, there's a release 
and that Lord God supernaturally something happens where there is an amazing shift and they are blessed financially abundantly, exceedingly and abundantly in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I feel his presence in here today. This is going to be a good one. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the message. We thank you for the word which is taking hold of the new covenant. And today I pray that we would indeed do just that, that we would take hold of the new covenant that you have for us, the promise that you have for us, which I believe is yes and amen, hope and a future. And so we stand on that promise today. And I pray that you would use me as a vessel today to give this word in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this is important. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Psalm, Psalms 89.34. Psalms 89.34, and it reads this, Psalms 89.34. It says, my covenant I will not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. The Lord says, I'm going to show you the covenant. He says, I'm going to show you the covenant. One of the challenges that we have, though, as believers, is when God says something, we have this this inkling to want to try to figure out how God is going to do it. Have you ever done that? Where God makes a promise or he, you know, he says he's going to do something, and then and then we start in our flesh worrying about how God is going to do it. Have you ever had that happen? Now, the funniest and craziest thing about that is this is the same God that created everything, heaven and earth. You know, he has absolutely no problem doing whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. But in our humanity and in our in our brain that, you know, we have, which is only able to think so much and see so much and understand so much, we sometimes, we're trying to figure out how God's going to do this. Have you ever thought of that? So here we are in this season right now, and some people will say, well, Pastor Todd, you've been saying for a long time that you're not sure it's the end times. And what I mean by that is, that, you know, we're not in the tribulation yet, but I definitely think we're in the late hour and, you know, we can certainly say we're in the end of, of the days. I mean, it's not, not, you know, that could go on for 20, 30, 40 years, but I believe we're in a very late hour and it very well could be the end times and it most likely is. But that doesn't mean we're in the tribulation. And, you know, this is where people get into the argument about if Christ is going to come back, you know, Jesus is going to come back for his bride, uh, you know, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. And there's this huge argument. And what, what I would say about that is let's just not worry about that because he's going to come back whenever he wants to come back. No one else knows the day nor the hour. So it's silly for us to sit here and argue over it. But what we should do is pray and ask the Lord what he has for us to do in this time. How can we be most effective? How can we best represent him? How can we walk in in complete victory in the middle of this this very interesting and challenging time that we're in, where I believe that even though the odds are against us in the natural, because we're supernatural beings that are citizens of heaven, we're not only going to thrive and prosper, but we are indeed going to take back the territory and we're going to see a massive end time harvest and we're going to see miracles and signs and wonders but he's so gracious in giving us this season right now where, you know, basically it's like a basic training. You know, if you think of the military, it's like, you know, you couldn't just put the soldier right there on the battlefield with no training. The guy would probably get killed or the woman would probably get killed pretty fast because they don't have the understanding of how to best fight the enemy. So what God has allowed in this time, I believe, is it's an equipping And for those that hunger and thirst for righteousness and those that say, yes, I'm sold out, I'm all in, send me, I'll go. Those of you, those of us that have said that to the Lord, yes, Lord, 
Yes, I want to be about your will. Yes, Lord. You know, and, and here's the big thing about that. You know, when you hit a, one of those valley moments in your life and things are tough, that's when the real character comes out. That's when you see the real Christians because those are, you know, some people just say, you know what, forget God. I tried God. Look where I'm at. And then they go back in the world. They're weak. Okay, we're meant to be strong. And when we are weak, he is strong. And that's why greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that's why we die to our flesh daily. But if we're really sold out, it doesn't matter what we're going through. We're going to be that tree that's planted by the water. We're going to understand there's no bailout. There's no option for bailing out. 100%, no matter what happens, I'm going to serve Jesus. No matter how much I'm persecuted, no matter how much I'm attacked, no matter how much I'm smeared, it doesn't matter because I'm still going to have a relationship with God and let the chips fall where they may. And if God removes half the people in your life or, you know, three quarters of the people in your life, you know what? We'll be like Job and then we'll get a double portion, right? But we can't curse God and we've got to just understand that no matter what happens, we're sold out. That's it. Because we've had a true encounter with the Holy Spirit. And we know that this is this whole thing is a battle of, of light versus darkness. It's a battle for our soul. When you look at, at life in that perspective, that it's all about souls, and, and this whole thing is a battle for your soul. So when you're going through a trial and a test, what the enemy wants to do, and sometimes the Lord will allow it like he did with Job, but the whole thing is, is that if you continue to stay the course, you're going to see the breakthrough because that's the way it goes because we are not victims, we're victorious. If you embrace the breakthrough, if you receive the breakthrough, if you receive who you are in Jesus Christ and your identity, that's why we talk about that so much. But we have to understand the key fundamentals, the basics of what this thing means to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, a follower of the way. What does it actually mean? It means no matter what, we're sold out. To live is Christ, to die is gain. You know, I used to get these people all the time, and I still do sometimes in the ministry, and they say to me, well, if that happens, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to be, you know, be a Christian anymore. I mean, if that happens to me, well, you're literally like selling yourself out then because you're telling the devil, you're signaling to the devil, well, if you just do this devil, this person, you know, they're going to bail out on Christ. That's it. That's the whole thing is the battle for your soul. You better believe that something probably is going to happen then because you're speaking out life and death is in the power of the tongue and you're speaking it out. You're saying, you know, this is what will get me to stop following Christ if this happens. So then the enemy hears that and he's like, well, great, then let's make that happen. Because the whole thing's about your soul. But when you say, no matter what, I'm, I'm going to stand, no matter what happens to me, no matter what happens to my family, no matter, listen, we're thrown in jail, whatever the case may be, I'm going to stand. I'm never going to, there's no bailout. There's no way, there's no little back door that I leave open just in case. You can never leave that little opening because that will be where the enemy comes through. It, it's, it's either you're sold out or you're not. It, it's literally... Your eternity is either going to be in hell or your eternity is going to be in heaven ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ or in the new Jerusalem. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's it. There's, there's, no, there's no other middle ground. It's, you know, what did he say about the lukewarm, the church of Laodicea? He's going to spit them out. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Straight is the way, narrow is the gate that leads to salvation. It's very plain and simple, black and white. And that's what we're seeing. And that's why there's this separation of the wheat from the chaff right now. So we need to take a hold of the new covenant. Well, first, we got to understand what is this new covenant? And you're probably not going to hear a lot of preachers preaching about this. But today, I think it's important because it's another layer of who we are in Jesus Christ. And we are living in the new covenant or basically the New Testament. Okay. And it doesn't mean the Old Testament we don't read. It just means we're in the new covenant. That's a fact. We're in the new covenant. It's after Christ, after he died on the cross. Right. 
So the new covenant is the promise that God makes with humanity that he will forgive our sin and restore fellowship with a holy God. Those whose hearts are turned toward him. That's why the Bible says he stands at the door of our heart knocking and all we have to do is let him in. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you. We can't make idols of these things in this world like some people do, many people do. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant and his death on the cross is the basis of the promise. That's why the devil doesn't want us talking about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, because this is, this is the whole reason why we're in this new covenant. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke 22, 20, Luke twenty two twenty, and it says this, and likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. Right? He says, do this in remembrance of me. This is the new covenant of his blood. He was talking about the new covenant. He was explaining before the actual event of him dying on the cross and being raised again on the third day. He was explaining what that was. It's the new covenant. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law, to fulfill the prophecy in the Old Testament, to be able to connect us with a holy God. And the new covenant was predicted in the old covenant. And while the old covenant was in effect, the prophets Moses, I think Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they all allude to a new covenant. The old covenant that God had established with his people, it required, remember this, the strict obedience of the Mosaic law because the wages of sin or death. It says that in Romans 6.23, if you got your Bibles, you want to take notes, Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin or death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we know the wages of sin are left. See, the law required that Israel perform daily sacrifices. Aren't you so happy we don't have to do that? In order to atone, there had to be an atonement of sin. And before Christ, the eternal sacrificial lamb died on the cross, there had to be an atonement. But Moses, through who God established the old covenant, remember the Ten Commandments, also anticipated a new covenant. And in fact, in one of his final addresses to the nation of Israel, Moses looks forward to a time when Israel would be given a heart to understand. You can find that in Deuteronomy 29.4. And it says this, Deuteronomy 29.4, if you're taking notes. It says, but to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or hear. But, but Moses was alluding to the facts. He predicts that Israel would fail in keeping the old covenant. And that was uh, in Deuteronomy uh, verses 22, I'm sorry, 29, uh, verses 22 through 28. But he then sees a time of restoration in verse 31 uh, through 5, if you're taking notes. And at that time, Moses said, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. That's found in verse 6. The new covenant involves a total change of heart so that God's people are naturally pleasing to him. So that's why the Bible says, die to your flesh daily. That's why the Bible says, do not be conformed to the things of this world. But what does it say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why the Bible says, you know them by their fruit. See, there's these people that are masquerading around and they're claiming to be a Christian, but they don't have the fruit. They don't have the love. Do you know anybody like that? I know every one of you saying yes. That's why people are always saying, oh, oh, Christian, I knew a Christian and he burned me. Or I knew a Christian and she lied to me. Or I know a, you know, that's why, you know, I don't go to church. 
But see, the whole thing is, is that they didn't do what the Bible said. They're really not following Christ. They're claiming, you know, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. That's the whole big thing about having an encounter. And I'm going to tell you something. Anybody that's had a true encounter, I'm not saying they're perfect, but if you've had a true encounter with the Holy Spirit and the Lord cleansed you, it's like that song, Amazing Grace, you know, where it says it saved a wretch like me. If you're a wretch that's been saved like I am, you're not going to be so mean and harsh to people. You're going to have mercy on them. You're going to have grace. You're going to show them the love of Christ, even when they mess up. Okay, because I, I can't tell you how many times I see people in the church that, that are repentant and that have done something stupid, and then the church just, just chastises them and never restores them and just continues to like shame them for what they did. Well, he is without sin, you know, throw the first stone. You know, we've got to have the mercy and the grace. It doesn't mean that we like, you know, uh, give somebody like uh, kudos for sinning. Obviously, sinning is bad and the wages of sin or death. They're going to have to pay in some way, shape or form usually for their sin. Uh, you know, there's there's usually uh, an element of shame that you have to endure or there's, you know, something that'll happen as a result of your sin. But if you repent, you know, sometimes God will, will, will let you get away with it, honestly, without having major repercussions because your heart was sincere in repentance and you turn from it. But if you don't turn from it and you keep doing it, eventually the Lord allows you to get chastised because he's a loving father and he doesn't want you to keep sinning and keep in this repetitive sin, right? But we've got to have the mercy and the grace. And the new covenant involves a total change of the heart. That's the encounter. That God's people are naturally pleasing to him. When you've had an encounter, you have the favor. Why do you have the favor? Because God sees that you in your free will decided to serve him. You didn't have to, but you had some type of encounter in your heart enough to say, you know what, Lord, I want to give you my whole heart, not some of it, but all of it. And I give you my life. Come into my heart. And you're submitted and you want to grow. And even if you make mistakes, you know what? You're growing and you're going deeper. And I commend you for that. I've seen many of you in this group going deeper. And I see the Lord speaking to your heart, you know, and, and you sharing things that are coming from that personal intimacy and that time in the secret place. And I can tell right away, oh, that person's been in the secret place. Why? Because of the fruit. Because of what's coming out from them. If you're sitting and wallowing and you're angry and you're bitter, that's going to come out of your heart. That's what's, that's what's exuding from you. But if, you, if you're going through it, but you're praising God anyway and you're saying, you know what, Lord, you're going to go before me. You're going to take care of the situation. I'm praising you in the middle of this storm. I don't know how you're going to fix it, but you're going to fix it. And you just keep you know, praying and seeking God and going deeper. The Lord is pleased. And, and you're going to exude good fruit. And the Lord is going to fight your battle, right? Trust me, I walked through this. Those of you that have walked through this, you know what I'm talking about many times. The prophet Jeremiah also predicted the new covenant. He said, the day will come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. And this new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on this day, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. You can find that in Jeremiah 31, 31. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law of Moses. The scripture for that, if you're taking notes, is Matthew 5, 17. And to establish the new covenant between God and his people. Because the old covenant was written in stone, but the new covenant is written on our hearts. Entering the new covenant is made possible only by faith in Christ who shed his blood to take away the sins of the world. 
Um, I'm going to read a scripture in John 1.29. John 1.29. It says, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Luke 22.20, Luke 22.20, I read it. It says, And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you in the new covenant of my blood. It relates how Jesus at the Last Supper takes the cup and says, This cup is poured out for you, and it's the new covenant in my blood. See, God was letting them know that's going to be the covenant. I'm going to atone for your sin. I'm the, I'm the eternal sacrificial lamb. You're not going to have to sacrifice you know, these other lambs and, and all this stuff, you know, in order to get your sins atoned anymore. I'm the eternal side, my blood. And that's why, that's why if you look at the world, what are the things that the world doesn't like us talking about? You, you notice that no one really cares if you say like in the name of Buddha, no one really cares about that. No one, you don't see any social justice warriors freaking out. You know, you don't really see any, any conflict in that, you know? I mean, even with the Muslim people, you know? I mean, no one's out. You don't hear like the major now. There, I'm, I'm going to say there is some persecution in China, major persecution for Muslims. And I do believe Muslims endure levels of persecution. I'm not trying to say that these other religions don't, but there's something about the name of Jesus. Come on, you're going to tell me there's not? You see, when, when you say Jesus, ooh, it stirs the demons. Why? Because demons tremble in the name of Jesus. And because if, if you're a true follower of Jesus, then you're able to trample on scorpions and devils. You're able to cast out devils. You're basically a demon slayer. Okay, when you go into the room, the atmosphere changes. We talk about this all the time. I talk about Ekbalo. Go out, cast out, drive out. That's what you're able to do. That's why you're the biggest threat. That's why the name of Jesus is such a threat. And the blood of Jesus is just the same. I mean, it's the blood. You know, when you plead the blood of Jesus, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're literally saying, Lord, because of what you did on the cross, protect me. By your blood, by your stripes, I'm healed. Protect me, heal me, watch over me. I plead your blood. Thank you for what you did on the cross. You're my protection. I will rest in you. You are my hiding place, right? He that dwells in the secret place of the most high. The blood, the blood, the blood. Hallelujah. The new covenant is also mentioned in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. Okay, it says, uh, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And Ezekiel lists several aspects of the new covenant here. A new heart, a new spirit, and the indwelling. Here we go. This is very important if you're taking notes. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit and true holiness. Why do you talk about holiness, Pastor Todd? I've never heard a pastor talk about holiness. Well, I'm sorry about that. But the Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. We should hunger and thirst for righteousness. We should desire to be holy. Does it ever mean that we're gonna attain perfection? We're not. But it means that we have a desire and we hunger. Listen, I'm telling you right now, if you hunger for God and you go deeper and you're hungry, you're hungry, God is gonna feed you and it's gonna exude from your countenance. Remember when Moses came down and literally it's like people could tell he was in the presence of God. It exuded from his, his countenance. Have you ever met somebody like in a supermarket or something? You could just tell they're a Christian. You can tell they spent time with God. It's all over them. I, I literally say it. I say, you're a Christian, aren't you? How'd you know? Because it's all over you. And I could sense in the spirit. And this is what us end time believers and remnant warriors are going to be able to do. That's why we're connecting all over the world with each other. Because this is part of the end times. It's part of what God is preparing. 
I call it the Underground Remnant, Remnant Railroad. He's raising up a rising remnant. Why? Why would God be raising up a rising remnant? Well, simultaneously, there's a rise in the spirit of Antichrist. Simultaneously, people are battling, and there's a big battle in, in the world that's happening right now. But see, that's why God is raising up his end-time remnant warrior soldiers, you. And he's giving you the fortitude, the strength, and the wisdom. And he's giving you the understanding and the revelation and the prophetic words. Why is God raising up prophets that no one's ever heard of before? Why is God raising up people like you and me that have been hidden? Because it's a time. It's the time. It's the time. And we're going to understand better this new covenant because this is the power. It's the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and true holiness. When that, when that angel, that messenger angel that came to visit me, I was paralyzed with fear at first. Somebody was asking me about this story. If you hadn't heard it, I was sleeping in my bed. And something tugged on my shirt. I don't know if I was awake or asleep. You ever have one of those moments where you're not really sure? But all of a sudden, there was this big angel. It was a messenger angel. I knew it right away, but I was scared. But then I realized it was of God and it wasn't a demon. So then I felt a little more comfort, but I was scared. And I was shaken. And that thing said, be holy, basically. It said, be consecrated and come out from among them. And I've been, I've been thinking about those words ever since because when you have something like that happen, and that's not something that happens to me normally. Like in 22 years, I, you know, my stabbing, obviously, when I went in the presence of God, that was a big deal. And that's kind of kept me all these years. But I'm not just one of these guys that just says all these, you know, I see an angel every week or whatever. And maybe they do. I don't know. But for me, it hasn't happened like that. But this, this experience was real, ladies and gentlemen. This was, woo, this shook me. Shook me to the core. I mean, I had to walk in the other room. I don't think I could go to sleep for hours after that. I thought about it the next day. I pondered it for weeks. I pondered it for months. I've been trying to figure out what in the world because I knew that if God sent a messenger angel and said two things that are very, very important, and I thought, you know, I was pretty much living consecrated already. So, you know, at first I'm like, what is it even talking about? I mean, I am consecrated. But then there's been so many layers where I've been able to go deeper and understand, come out from among them. There's so much meaning in that. It just keeps going and going and going. God wanted to relay that message to me because he was trying to protect me and also to show me what I need to understand going into this next season because where we're going is holy. And that's why we're talking about holiness. I know it's not a very popular, like you're probably not gonna fill a mega church. Maybe nowadays you will. But it's not one of those messages like a tickle ear thing that everybody's like, yes, holiness. But it's what we need. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit being spirit-led understanding what it means to have the Holy Spirit in you, operating in you, discernment, wisdom, divine understanding, holiness. Hallelujah. The Mosaic law could not provide those things. In Romans uh, 3.20, it says this. Romans 3.20, it says, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. We need the Spirit. We need to be spirit beings. We need to live a spirit-filled life. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, it's very simple. It's not super complicated. He says, come as a child, like literally. I don't want you to feel so stressed about it. Some people get so stressed about it. How am I going to be filled with the Spirit? It's very simple. Say, Lord, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me wisdom and discernment. I mean, it really helps when you're on your face, on your knees, crying out to God. You know, and, and, and when we repent, that's what I do. I mean, sometimes I just got to go in there and, and face the Lord. And I know I've been, I've been naughty. Say, Lord, I got to repent. I don't deserve your forgiveness, but please forgive me. I'm going to turn from the sin. And I believe that's why I'm able to still carry the anointing is because the Lord knows I'm a good repenter. And it's the same for you. It's not like, you know, I'm some special guy. I mean, you know, we're all special. I'm not saying we're not special, but I'm just saying like, 
you know, wh- why is the anointing with Pastor Todd? Like, I'm not here to brag about it. You know what? I'll tell you why. It's because I'm a good repenter. And I really mean it. I really do want to serve the Lord with all my heart. I really don't want to be in repetitive sin. I don't, I, you know, I try my best. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. You do too. But we're good repenters. That's the key. That's what the Lord's looking for. Amen. The new covenant was originally given to Israel and includes a promise of fruit, fruitfulness, blessing, a peaceful existence in the promised land. I don't want you to get this confused, though. There's still a, a different new covenant that's, you know, I'm not saying it's different, but it's like it, it applies to us. It's not just to the children of Israel. It applies to us. You know, in Ezekiel 36, 28 through 30, it said, you know, then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I'll be your God. And I will call for the grain and make it plentiful. And I will not bring famine upon you. And I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. And in Deuteronomy 31 through 5, it contains similar promises related to Israel under the new covenant after the resurrection of Christ. Gentiles were brought into the blessing of the new covenant too. You say, Where's the scripture for that? I need the scripture. Okay, go, go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. It says this. It says, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all of his household and gave um, alms gener- gen- uh, generously to the people and prayed continually about the ninth hour of the day. Okay, so so God is, is, is just giving this whole um, ninth hour of the day, he saw a, clearly in a vision an angel of God. Oh, it sounds familiar, right? Came in and said to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror. That's what happens when you see an angel. And said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send to me Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him then departed... He called two of his servants, a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related to everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Now, this is when Peter has the vision. And I'm not going to go into that whole thing right now, okay? Um, But we have to understand that this is important because in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, 13 through 14, it says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, here's what's the important thing. It doesn't just say, just for the Jew, okay? It says, for he whom himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh and the dividing wall of hostility. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's all of us, everyone. Anyone who accepts Jesus Christ. It's, it's first to the Jew and then to the Gentile, but it's everybody, so there, there's no, it's not like, you know, the, God is no respecter of persons. So, you know, don't get it super confused here where you think like, you know, this person's better than me or that person. He's not a respecter of persons. He's saying by the blood of Jesus in the new covenant, Jew and Gentile, anybody can accept Jesus Christ into their heart and anybody can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Very important stuff, okay? Very important stuff. We are no longer under the law but we're under grace. Now, does that mean we take advantage of grace? No. Does that mean, you know, we, we get into this extreme grace thing where it's just like you keep sinning and then you repent, then you keep sinning and then you repent and you do the same thing over and over again, you keep repenting? No. That's not what God wants us to do. But under the new covenant, we are a, we're given a gift and, and grace is one of those gifts. 
The old covenant has served its purpose. It has been replaced by a better covenant. Okay, Pastor Todd, where are you going to get that? Well, it's in Hebrews 7.22. Hebrews 7.22. It says, this makes Jesus the guarantor or the guarantor of a better covenant. So he's saying it right there in his word. It's a better covenant. We're, we're, we're literally living in a, in a better time and a better covenant. So, you know, if you think you got a bad deal, you actually didn't. Because, you know what, if you were an Old Testament uh, follower of God, you would have had to do all these different sacrifices and all these, you know, we're in the new covenant. You're much better off. Okay, you're much better off. And for, for most, the most part, most of us have lived in pretty, pretty free circumstances considering our ancestors and a lot of other people that have lived in this world. We've been in a pretty good place. So for all the poor me people that think you got it so bad, and trust me, I've been in this too, uh, we got to understand we actually don't have it as bad as we think. And God is with us and we're in the new covenant. And thank you, Jesus, for the new covenant. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. I need that grace. I know you do too. In fact, the ministry of Jesus has received... Uh, is a, you know, the ministry, I'm going to read this here. It says, in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is the mediator is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on better promises. I'll take it. Will you take it? Under the new covenant, we are given the opportunity to receive a free gift, a free gift of salvation. Can you imagine this? Our responsibility is to exercise faith in Christ because why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's why I'm talking about big faith. The one who fulfilled the law on our behalf and bought an end to the law's sacrifices through his own sacrificial death, he's available to us through the life-giving Holy Spirit who lives in all believers. And that's found in Romans 8, 9, and 11. We share in the inheritance of Christ and enjoy a permanent, unbroken relationship with God. Well, where does it say that, Pastor Todd? Well, go to Hebrews 9.15. Hebrews 9.15, it says, Therefore he is the mediator, thank you, Lord, of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Why don't preachers talk about this covenant? It's, it's the most important thing about who we are right now. We're bought by the blood. And be, because we're bought by the blood, we are, not, we, we, we are not losers. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're victorious. When I say that, I don't just say it to say it. I say it because if we have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of us, nothing shall be impossible. If we live this out and we understand who we are in Christ and what we're able to do in 2022 and we fully embrace this and we go deeper in our faith and we start laying hands on the sick and we have the faith that they're going to be healed and we walk in it and we walk in the anointing and we flow in the anointing. And we die to our flesh and we do desire to live in holiness and purity and righteousness. The sky is the limit for you. The sky is the limit for me. There shall be no lack. There shall be no loss. We don't lose. We take territory. There might be a momentary valley situation. There might be a season where we have to have extra faith and press ahead because it's very difficult. But as we endure, because that's what the scripture says in Revelation, those saints that endured till the end, we're in the enduring period right now. This is where we endure. We've got to be enduring saints. There's no, you can't pull the little cord or whatever. What is it? A zip cord, a rip cord? I guess a rip cord. You can't pull it and bail out. There's no bailing out of Christianity. You know, somebody walked out of you, uh, out of your life, 
Maybe you were in a marriage, all of a sudden you're faced with an unexpected divorce. Somebody bails out on you. They don't like that you're a follower of Jesus or they're abusive or you're living in a really tough situation. And all of a sudden something got really bad. Your situation, is somebody just died unexpected. Now, listen, I'm not minimalizing it. It's painful. I've lived it. I get it. It's painful. All these things are painful when you go through these types of things, okay? But the thing about it is, is that you persevere. You get up and you say, you know what? I'm still a child of the most high God. I'm still, no one's been able to take away the mantle of anointing on your life or the calling on your life. No one can take away your faith because faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. No one can take away the fact that the Holy Spirit's in you. You've accepted Jesus. If you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute here. But what I want you to understand as we are, are stepping into this new season where I'm, I'm absolutely 100% convinced, 100% convinced that we're going to take the territory back. I really believe that we're going to see the most powerful things that we've ever seen in our life. Miracles. I've seen them lately, friends. That situation that seems so difficult. You're like, how is that ever going to change? But do you remember when you've been through another situation that was so difficult? And somehow you got through it and, and now you look back and you're like, yeah, God got me through it, didn't he? Well, that's what he's going to do now. He's going to get us through this and we're going to be victorious because that's who we are in Jesus Christ. But with the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, repentance, these are like the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's like all you got to do is tap into it. Just tap into it. Don't live another day in depression. Don't live another day in lack. Don't live another day in discouragement. Don't, don't relive that situation over and over again. What your dad said to you, what your mom said to you, when you were abused, when you went through the divorce, when you went through an abortion, when you went through whatever that you did, a sudden job loss. Stop wallowing. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm saying you got to understand what God has. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. He's given you all the tools you need. He's given you the resource. He's given you the grace. He's filled you with his Holy Spirit and his anointing. And he's prepared you for this. You've been prepared for this. It's not a mistake that you're alive. And so as we get ready to close today, set this new year on a good tone. Start it on the right track. Planted. Planted on the, on the spirit of the living God. Planted in the word. Planted in faith. Trust. Big faith. Big faith. Trust. Lord, you're going to get me through. Lord, I'm not only going to survive. I'm going to thrive. We're going to take back this country. We're going to see great victory. Wait until you see what happens. I'm telling you. Wait until you see how this all plays out. When I got stabbed 22, 23 years ago and whatnot, I would have never thought it would have turned out this way. I would have never imagined what God would have done in my life. I would have never imagined that I'd be where I am today. Do we have challenges? Oh, yeah. But we know that we're blood-bought. And that's why we get through every situation. Not only do we survive, but we thrive. And you're going to thrive, too. Let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for each and every person listening right now. I thank you, Lord, that we are not victims. We're victorious. I thank you that we're blood-bought. I thank you that we're living in the new covenant it is so important for us to understand what that covenant even means. We're going we're gonna to continue to study this even deeper. We need to take a hold of that new covenant, Lord, because you've availed it to us. And so we just thank you. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. We thank you for this new year. 
Use us, Lord God. Send me, I'll go. Send me, I'll go. Hey, before we close, I just, I just want to just, I really feel the glory and the presence here right now. I really believe somebody needed to hear this today. I really believe somebody, something like a light bulb went off, a shift happened. You get it. You understand. You're blood bought. You are blood, you're blood bought. You're blood, you're bought by the blood of the lamb. Come on. Did you know that about yourself? You're blood bought. Come on. The eternal sacrificial lamb. You are in the new covenant. You are a new covenant saint. And the sky is the limit. Nothing shall be impossible. Don't doubt. Don't fear. Stand on the promise of God. Amen. Hey, one more thing before we go today. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and you want to do that today, what better day than today? We just started a new year. It's a new season. It's the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. If you were to die, if you were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, you just want to make sure, Pastor Todd, I just want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you, last week we had 23 people that gave their heart to the Lord. And I'm expecting there's going to be more this week because the Lord has just been doing something. If you're going to give your heart to the Lord today, I want you to write this down right now. If you got a pen, write it down. This is my personal cell phone. 818-470-7963. 818-470-7963. Don't abuse it because I get blown up quite a bit. But if you're accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to know so I can pray for you. Will you send me a text? 818-470-7963. Send me a text and say, Pastor Todd, today I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior so that I could be praying for you and answer any questions that you may have. That would be a blessing. But hey, listen, this is how we're going to do it right now. Right now is the time. Like I said, if you were to die, if you were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, you want to make sure you are on your way to heaven. If that's you, just repeat this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, today is the day. I accept you in my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Jesus, I give my life to you. Come into my heart. Holy Spirit, fill me. Strengthen me. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you just did that for the first time, there are angels right now rejoicing in heaven. Think about it. Just thousands and thousands and thousands of angels rejoicing because you just stepped out of a life of darkness and you step into the light and life of Jesus Christ. I'm so excited. Hey, what a powerful day today, right? I hope you enjoyed today's service. You are a blessing to us. We're going to go up in the mountains and spend a few days just hanging out, resting, and getting ready for this new year because we're going to be very, very busy this month of January. It's a busy month. I'm going to be in like five or six states, um, you know, ministering to a bunch of people all around the country. But you know what? We're going to continue to do the podcast Monday through Thursday. And uh, if you have any questions or you want to talk to me, Reach out, Todd.Coconato, Todd.Coconato at rlcus.org. And uh, let us know how we can be praying for you, with you. And stand on the promise of God, saints. You are the remnant. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you and I bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. God bless.